If you'll turn to Job chapter 23, I have, I think, what is just a very focused uh, message today that may not uh, hit everyone. Um, maybe, it'll, maybe what I say today will be something that will be useful to you in the future. Uh, maybe it's something you'll be able to say, yeah, I can, I've learned that too, or whatever. But there's a specific group of people that uh, I just am aiming at today. Not in a bad way. Don't leave. Job 23. Job said, even today my complaint is bitter. His hand is heavy in spite of my groaning. I didn't stop here in the first service, but I want to. His hand is heavy in spite of my groaning. Now in scripture, that can be, that feeling, that experience can be for a lot of different reasons. Uh, in Job's case, uh, and which he's about to say here, he, he's feeling what he's going through with, with the boils that he had and the pain and the loss of everything. And then with some um, encouragers, Job's comforters. That's an ironic statement. They didn't bring much comfort. Um, he felt like he was going through this, uh, I don't know if he would say unfairly, but not based on anything wrong with him. And I think that's true. He, he got into this trouble because God pointed him out to Satan, who showed up one day when all the angels and the sons of God were gathering. And he said, um, and, and uh, Satan leveled an accusation. He said, well, yeah, of course he's a righteous man. You never let him go through any trouble. And then um, God slowly but surely says, oh, okay, just watch this. Watch what my faithful servant does. And he removes his hand just enough for him to begin to suffer. Now, I'm not gonna, it's not my job to defend God. You can wrestle with that however you want to. Um, you know, whatever we go through, God has allowed it. Otherwise, if you don't say that, then you have to say that God's... Um, not powerful enough to keep you as he says he is. And we know that's not true. So for whatever reason, we go through stuff. Well, Job was pointed out by God and said, look at this one. He's good, man. He's strong. He's righteous. And Job's like, keep that on, keep that on the down low. So he felt like, hey, I got in. I was just doing, doing what I was supposed to do. And all this happened to me. But there's plenty of places in Scripture where this same language can be used, or it's at least indicated, uh, where the hand of, of uh, God or of judgment is heavy because of what somebody has done. David, you know, he, he felt that heaviness. So what I want to say is, is it doesn't really matter uh, what it is that causes you to uh, fall on your face and feel like you can't breathe and like you can't make it. 
the, the feeling is the same. So you may be going through trouble today, and it may be just because, hey, look, I, I'm just, this is just stuff that happens to Christians. I'm being faithful. I'm feeling good about my walk. I'm, okay. And that's great. Stay encouraged. You're not really who I'm aiming at today. I'm talking, I want to, I want to say to those people who, for whatever reason, feel like they have lost out with God. You feel like you're down for the count. Whatever it was that brought you to that place doesn't matter anymore. You're just knocked out. The enemy found a way. All I want to say to you is sit still for a little bit. Get your wits about you. Let your head stop spinning for a little while and get up. Dust yourself off. Call on the name of the Lord and say, Lord, I still belong to you. I'm yours. You say, I can't. It's it's too much. It's not too much. There is no place you can fall to that he can't reach you. Now, some of you are like, I don't even know what you're talking about, man. (laughs) It's because you haven't had this struggle. But there are people today that are hurting and they just can't find their way back. And I'm saying... Get up. He loves you. He's made a way for you. Call on his name. Yeah, but you don't understand how bad I am. We'll talk about that in a little bit. It's not about you. This has never been about you. I think you can get lulled into thinking when you've had a pretty good run as a Christian and you're doing right and everything's good and you're blessed and you feel blessed and you're successful and you're, you know, just, uh, it's just the demons are just running away from you. And you can begin to think that that has something to do with you. I'm just trying to say it does not. It has everything to do with him. So when you don't have a run like that and everything falls apart and you find yourself in Job's place, only not being able to say, well, I was doing everything right, but instead everything has gone wrong and you feel that that the hand of of judgment and and is heavy on you and you don't know how you're going to get your next breath and you don't know how to make it and your life just seems to be over and you can't find God. That's when you begin to realize, okay, I, this, I can't do it. I can't sustain. You need him. Now, I can already tell most of you don't know what I'm talking about right now. So I got to do a better job of driving it home until I feel like you do. 
I'm concerned today for those who just feel like they are done. Maybe they're watching online. Maybe they'll watch it someday later when someone sends them a link. Maybe they're here today and you're like, I want to follow the Lord, but I've fallen too far. I've perfected sin and even God can't forgive me. Wow. That should have been on the news. Right? I mean, wow. If somebody came to you in that state and they said, oh my goodness, look at what's happened to me. What would I do? You would say, look, man, just call on the Lord. He loves you. He'll forgive you. But for some reason, you can't hear that message for yourself. There's nothing that you've ever done that has surprised God. He saved you then knowing the struggle you would have now. And he did it anyway because he loves you. Is anybody getting this at all? Is it just, just help me just to know. I mean, if it's, yeah. <laughs> you guys are clapping about as good as the first service people clapped. They just, I don't know. They, we just need, they need to be better clappers. Let me read just a little bit more here. Job says, if only I knew where to find him, if only I could go to his dwelling, I would state my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would find out what he would answer me and consider what he would say. Would he oppose me with great power? No, he would not press charges against me. There an upright man could present his case before him and I would be delivered forever from my judge. Job thought he had it going on and that, that all of this, uh, he was just a righteous man and if he could just find God, he would tell him what's going on and God would deliver him. And that's fine. That's, that's, a, that's a good hope and a good message, and it's true. But Job felt like he was upright. And he was an upright man. How do we know that? Because God said that he was. But that doesn't mean he was perfect. And by the time this story is over, Job says, I'm going to put my hand on my mouth and I'm going to stop talking because I keep opening my mouth and saying stupid things. And I just need to hear from God. Okay, so Job was like, I need to find God. I can't find him. Job's saying, if I could just find God, I know that I could stand there and I could make my case and he would exonerate me because I am upright. That's not who I'm aiming at today. I'm talking about the story in the New Testament where you got the Pharisees saying, hey, I'm so blessed and look at me and, I, and look how godly I am. But the publican, the other person, would not even raise his head. He wouldn't even look up and he pounded on his chest and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. That's who I'm talking about. Now, in reality, that's everybody. But not everybody today feels that because maybe you're not in that situation. I'm talking to the person that says, if I could just find God, I know that I wouldn't be able to say a word. I would have to just stand there and say, oh God. 
I can't make it. I've gone too far. I've done too much. There's no way you can reach me. See, here's the thing. Sin hardens the heart. It doesn't make God go away from you because he still loves you and cares for you and reaches out to you. Sin just makes it harder for you to care about it. Harder for you to press through and, and cry again and repent and to get back with God. And pretty soon you can be feeling so distant. It's not because God moved. It's because you moved far away. And maybe that's what's happened to you. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you're saying, I don't know how it happened. I walked with the Lord and I don't know how it happened, but now I'm not. I'm just saying, get up. Dust yourself off, call on his name and go again. Because he has not stopped loving you. He has not stopped reaching for you. The prodigal son marched up to his daddy and he said, would you? Y'all don't say daddy up here probably, right? Daddy still. Dad, I grew up saying daddy. Anyway, you don't care about that. The prodigal son said, Daddy, give me what's mine. I mean, he was arrogant. He really thought he had, look, I don't want all this stuff you're doing. Just give me what's mine and let me go live my life, okay? He gave him his stuff, gave him what was his. That daddy divided the inheritance and gave it to him. And that young man took it and he went into a far country. And I don't know what he thought he was going to do when he went there. But when he got there, he completely trashed himself and everything he'd ever been taught. He lost it all. He squandered it all. Pretty soon he was working for someone and he couldn't even, he was so hungry and he was, he was living with the pigs. All he could eat was whatever he was slopping the pigs with. And I don't know how long he was in that condition or how long he felt that way. But at some point, it began to dawn on him. Okay, I'm going back home. I'm going back home. I mean, it would be better for me to, to be one of my father's servants. I'm not, I don't even have a right to be called his son, but I'd rather be his servant than to live like I'm living. And so he, he got that speech in his mind. He said, okay, I'm gonna, here's what I'm going to do. As he's walking back, he said, okay, I'm gonna, when I see him, I'm going to say, Dad, I'm no longer worthy to be your son. I just, if you'll just let me be like one of the hired servants, then I'll be happy with that. Just please let me come home. He's rehearsing that. He's re and he looks. And there he is. There's his dad. Watching and waiting for him to come home. And he makes it to him and he gives him his speech. And he says, Dad, I'm no longer. I've, I'm sorry. I don't know how it happened. But I squandered it all and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And uh, just let me be one of the hired servants. I just want to come home. And the daddy just put his arms around him and loved him and killed the fatted calf. And he said, you're still my son. What you did, 
all that stuff, coming back to coming to grips with that, coming back home, having to realize that I still love you. Okay, that's your work, and I'm going to help you with it. But I love you, and I've been waiting for you to return. I'm reminded of Jesus. Where the, the woman taken in adultery. What did he tell her? He said, shame on you, woman. Right? See, now I know you're not listening to me. Shame on you. How in the world did you get yourself into this mess? Hey, where are your accusers? Yeah, they all left. You know why? Because they're as guilty as you are. Go and sin no more. Get up. Get up. Go forward. See, here's the thing, and this is the way I, this is, this is a, a dialogue that plays through my head. Sometimes I forget it, and then it dawns on me again, and it brings grace and comfort to my heart. Whatever the situation might be, you know, whether you feel like you've been treated bad or you just blew it somehow and you're just kicking yourself. See, I, I uh, am wired to kick myself. It's awkward, but yes, it's just, I come from a long line of people who are wired to kick themselves. This is what we do. You probably don't do that, but so I mess up. It's like, oh man, it's just, I just, I have to wallow in that for a while. I have to live in that. Oh man, it's just the worst. It's the worst. And then I just realized, you know what? I'm just going to start from here. I thought I was better than that. I thought I had more going on. I thought I had done better. I thought I was more mature in the Lord. I thought I was stronger, but now I realize that I'm not. And rather than just sit here and be separate from God, I'm going to just come back to him and say, God, I know that I'm not worthy to be your son, but I'm going to start right here. And I'm going to call on your name. And I'm just going to, because and this is why I like what Paul said. I made it my determination not to know anything but Christ and him crucified. See, what we've done is we, it's Christ and him crucified and I'm this and I've got that testimony and I did this good and I've got that spiritual gift and I'm strong and people say this about me, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. He will strip all of that away until you finally learn there is nothing except Christ and him crucified. That's it. So what am I saying to that group of people that I'm aiming at today? Get up. Come home. Stop thinking that somehow you've perfected sin to some kind of a strain of sin that there's no cure for. The cure for every sin, every failure, is the blood of Jesus. And it's already been shed. Yeah. Clappers, come on. Either clap or don't. I mean, you know. It's 
If you can't clap for the blood of Jesus, what can you clap for? You know? I hope that, I hope that, that if, that the discouraged person today can hear this. Your walk with Jesus does not depend on your perfection. It depends on your faith and your belief. And yes, you may have to humble yourself and look in the mirror and say, wow, how in the world did this happen? But don't live there. Don't live in that. Come back and say, God, however far I have to fall, as soon as I stop bouncing and I get my wits about me, I'm asking you to show me how I can minister to others while I'm there and just show me how to live for you at that super low place that I never thought I would arrive at. And I call on your name and I just want you. Whatever, whatever I've been, Christ and him crucified, that's all I know. Yeah, how this happened, I don't know. Fix me. God, just fix me. He is able to make things right in your life. He's able to fix what is broken. It doesn't mean that you won't, that there, that there sometimes isn't some permanent loss. You know, the story of Job, when we think about that, we rejoice at how he had double in the end of what he had lost before. That's great when it comes to cows and, you know, I imagine he didn't have pigs, but camels and all that other kind of stuff. That's great. Houses and things and money. You can give him four times the number of children in the future. It doesn't replace the children that he lost. Do you understand what I'm saying? He endured permanent loss. Sometimes we, we experience a permanent loss on a horizontal level. But that's when we begin to learn this is not about the horizontal. This is about the vertical. And all I can do is call on the Lord and say, God, just make sense of my life. Fix me. You can't fix yourself. Now see, if none of this makes any sense to you, you're not in the group I'm aiming at. You, maybe you haven't suffered like that. Maybe you've not ever had that happen to you. Maybe you've never made any mistakes. You actually are in the group. You just may not know it. Well, I hope that the people I'm talking to today are hearing what I'm saying. There is nothing you have ever done. Don't talk to me about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Is it not in the Bible? It's there. Did you know? Go read that passage again. Did he say they committed that? No, he warned them about it. But if you had committed that sin, you wouldn't even be caring about this. 
You wouldn't even be wondering, where, what have I done? How can I get back to God? You wouldn't be regretting that. You'd be so disconnected and gone, it wouldn't matter to you anymore. If you care today about your walk with the Lord, if it matters to you that you're not where you belong, whatever, if you're feeling anything about you and God, whether that's thank you for what you've done for me, or oh God, how could I have ever had this happen to me? Then you are a candidate for the grace of God and He has not given up on you. He has not given up on you. So get over yourself. Get over what you've done. Get over what somebody else did to you. Call on the name of the Lord. Ask Him to fix it. Ask Him to make things right. And He will. He's going to do it. Humble yourself and say, okay, I'm coming back. I'm coming back home. I'm going to stop looking at people. Can I give you, as, as the worship team comes back up, I'm going to give you just a little uh, hint here at a, a deep truth that maybe you've never realized. It is easier to please God than it is people. You say, I want to come back, but people won't let me. This ain't about people. Forget people. Look past the people and look to Jesus. That's a lesson you have to learn if you're going to be in the church. People will let you down. They'll disappoint you. They'll hurt you sometimes on purpose. Most of the time not. But it's not about the people. It's about Jesus. Just look at Jesus and begin to say about yourself what Jesus says about you. Get up and come home. Come home. His arms are open wide. So when you get the chance in a moment to come forward, if, if, you, if, if this resonates with you at all, would you come and let somebody pray with you and help you get a fresh start today?